Hello and welcome. UVA Speaks is a podcast of Lifetime Learning, a division of the Office of Engagement at the University of Virginia. Lifetime Learning brings the knowledge and expertise of UVA's faculty to the university's alumni, friends, and families. My name is Susan Lynch, and I am the Associate Director of Lifetime Learning at the University of Virginia's Office of Engagement. This podcast features Roshni Ravindran, an Assistant Professor of Business Administration in the Leadership and Organizational Behavior Area at the Darden School of Business at the University of Virginia. She's also a faculty fellow affiliated with UVA's Batten Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Ravindran's research focuses on understanding the future of work. In particular, she examines how technological advancements influence organizational actors, workplace practices, and the management of employees. In this podcast, Professor Ravindran will talk with us about her research on the future of work. So thank you, Rashni, for speaking with me today. Thank you very much, Susan, for having me here. Great. So first, can you explain the focus of your research? Yeah. Um, you know, you did a really great summary in the introduction, so thank you for that. Um, I'd say very broadly, I'm interested in predicting and understanding the future of work. And most of the specific questions that I work on really focus on examining how we can actually start leveraging novel technologies for creating positive impact in our workplaces. Um, I began venturing into this area, really kind of acknowledging two big realities. So the first one was there is a very, very rapid proliferation of new types of technologies in our organizations and uh, more broadly in our society as well. And if we're not actually being very thoughtful about how these technologies impact people, then we will have very serious challenges at this sort of people technology intersection. So that's the second reality that I sort of began to acknowledge as I delved into this area. Um, when I say challenges, I mean challenges such as, um, you know, issues related to data privacy, the ethical use of data, um, inequality in modern organizations that are brought on by new technologies, um, deep systemic issues that may be really embedded into some of these new technologies and so forth. So kind of acknowledging these two realities brought me to start exploring how we can enhance our understanding of technology, uh, but also from the psychological perspective. And what I mean by that is how can we understand how people respond to technologies? Um, and then we can start utilizing this knowledge and then effectively leverage these technologies to create positive impact. So then a common theme in my work is, as I was saying, this um, you know, focus on understanding the psychology of what happens to people when they interact with technology and what happens or how can we change technology as people continue to interact with them. So my goal really is to provide through my research at least a little bit of insight into the why behind how novel technologies can impact us and also to offer some sort of practical insight into the how um, of how we can leverage these technologies so that we're able to use them very effectively and for uh, creating positive impact in our in our organizations and our society uh, and for our people. Okay, great. So how do you view the future of work? Um, that's a really, really uh, big question and one that really pushed me to start working on this research. Um, I'd say very briefly, one thing that is 
almost a fact at the moment is our organizations and our society have become very technology driven. Technology is everywhere. In fact, you know, we're having this podcast uh, because of technology. Uh, we're able to disseminate information to a lot of people because of technology. Um, work is conducted b- with technology's help these days. Um, and the pandemic, if anything, has really emphasized and brought to fore this idea that, you know, with the help of technology, we can work from anywhere, from um, from anywhere at whatever times that we want from, um, you know, all for all kinds of jobs. And the ubiquitous presence of technology is undeniable. Now, that being said, technology is changing dramatically how work is being conducted. And it is also changing how we as people and colleagues and families interact with each other um, and how we engage with each other. So my view of the future of work is we have to understand that these technologies are not going away. They're not science fiction. Um, This is all reality. We're talking about things like working on the metaverse and so forth. And it really isn't science fiction. And that's really really amazing to think about uh, right now. So acknowledging that technology is here and technology is moving at breakneck speed, what I think is important to understand the future of work is understanding how people fit into all of that. How do we engage with technology? So for us to effectively engage um, in the future at work, we need to start incorporating and embracing technology um, into how we function. And we also need to recognize um, the psychological implications that these technologies have on our lives. Right. So what are some of the top technological trends that you are seeing in today's organizations and how would they impact employers and employees? Great question. Um, Let me break this down into three top technological trends that I'm seeing today. The first one is behavior tracking technologies. This is essentially a class of products and services. Think of you know wearables, um, applications on your computers, on your phones, um, any sort of technology that has the potential to continuously track information about you and provide feedback based on that information. Um, you know, we can even think of all the devices and apps that we've purchased on our own or our organizations have given us to track our behaviors to really provide this almost full picture of our activities. So the rapid proliferation of these types of technologies, both sort of in our workplaces and in our society, that's really unquestionable. We're seeing this happen. And um, I did some research on it to try to understand um, people's openness or people's acceptance of these behavior tracking technologies. And what I found was that people actually experience technological tracking as informational and tracking that had any form of human involvement, even in very, very limited ways, was actually experienced as evaluative. So essentially, when I started delving into um, the psychology of what was happening here um, in recent research that my co-author Nate Fast at USC and I um, 
um, had produced, we um, found that technological tracking eliminated the salience of humans in the tracking process. And really in doing so, what it does is it allows people to get feedback about their own behaviors without feeling concerned about potential negative judgment. So in this way, you can think about tracking as giving you informational feedback and not as something that's controlling or monitoring or evaluating you. So the takeaway really for our organizational leaders is um, if they can reduce human involvement in tracking and really entrust employees with their own tracking data, then um, leaders can actually make tracking an informational experience rather than an evaluative experience. Um, the key question really then I would ask is um, for leaders to start thinking about um, tracking in this way. So move from and start thinking about tracking as how can I use behavior tracking technologies to really enhance informational outcomes for my employees rather than thinking, you know, how can I use these technologies to monitor my employees? So that would be sort of my two cents about behavior tracking technologies. Now, the second big technological trend that we're seeing in the workplace today is virtual reality. So, uh, you know, recent news about companies like Facebook changing their name to Meta and really going full-fledged into VR, Microsoft, um, you know, introducing Microsoft Mesh, you see the top companies investing billions of dollars uh, into virtual reality. In fact, a report that came out in 2020 said that um, investments in virtual reality were around $140 billion, which probably only increased much more since big companies started going full fledged in this direction. Um, I did some research on VR and my co-authors and I, we found that VR can actually provide a psychologically safe space for employees to engage with each other um, in a way that it mitigates some of the social risks we have in our interpersonal interactions that we might have in person. So what VR is a able to do is it actually reduces social presence, which is uh, the sense that, you know, you have to be really careful about how you're coming across and actually allow people to get some psychological distance without feeling distance from each other. And that's really, really important and, um, you know, allows us to think about deploying these types of new technologies um, as spaces where people can collaborate and interact in a psychologically safe manner. And um, the last technological trend that I wanna highlight is artificial intelligence. No surprise there. Everybody knows that um, you know, organizations are making uh, big investments in AI and um, that's only going to keep increasing as um, the years go by. In fact, uh, data that we're able to collect uh, through behavior tracking technologies or VR, large quantities of data are only able to be analyzed by things like algorithms powered by artificial intelligence. Um, so although there is like a lot of research um, that's looking at the impact of AI and automation on our on our workflows, um, how it changes jobs and so forth, um, the angle that uh, I'm really looking at is how can we use AI and how can we leverage AI for good? Um, specifically, I'm looking at this in the context of social support and um, across a number of studies, um, you know, we found two really intriguing findings. One, um, AI support relative to human support is actually uh, more effective and allows people to feel better, leave 
leads to better well-being outcomes, things like less anxiety, less stress. Um, and this is because uh, people feel lower fear of negative judgment when they interact with an AI and talk to them about their personal um, you know, problems and uh, bring up things to a machine where they don't have to worry about how um, the person sitting on the other side is thinking about them. On the other hand, um, just given how we think about machines, uh, despite the fact that AI actually, um, AI support can actually make us feel better, we perceive AI support as less effective than human support. Um, and this is because um, of this assumption that AI has, um, you know, lower capacity to show empathy relative to humans. And we, perceive that as a really important um, factor in understanding how we judge social support. So there is this interesting gap between how we receive that support, how it makes us feel, uh, versus how we perceive that support. Um, really then, you know, the big implications of all of these findings is how can we leverage technologies um, that organizations are spending billions of dollars into, uh, things like behavior tracking, things like VR, things like AI, to um, positively impact our employees and to allow them to engage in you know, psychologically safe uh, manner with each other, with their managers, um, with, uh, with you know, our society, and to really um, utilize them to um, better enhance their own behaviors. Right, right. So, you know, and we've talked about, you know, I think it's important that organizations be upfront about some of these things and discuss with employees what these things are and what are the, what are the purposes and uh, really have a conversation about these things often. You're 100% correct. Um, in fact, there was some um, report from Gartner that came out, I think, in 2020 that showed um, how with behavior tracking technologies, um, you know, when people learned that their organizations are tracking their behaviors or they knew that there's a possibility that their behaviors could be tracked, about 30, 35% of people were um, fine with that. Um, that number itself had actually doubled in the last like couple of years um, from, say, 2018 when it was like, you know, under 20%. However, the most interesting piece of that statistic is when organizations were upfront about the fact that they were tracking, they were upfront about why they were doing the tracking. That number of behavior, the percentage of people who accepted behavior tracking actually jumped up to over 50%. People were okay with that as long as they knew what the data was going to be tracked for, what it was going to be used for. Um, and, you know, our research shows that if employees have access to these data and are able to make independent and autonomous decisions about how they should behave with these data, that acceptance rate is only going to go up. Um, in fact, if the goal of tracking is to positively motivate employees to engage in behavior change, then it only makes sense to give them that data and trust them to engage in that behavior change on their own, as opposed to engage in big brother style monitoring that would um, really irk employees and make them feel like they're being judged all the time. Yeah, thank you. I think that's important. You know, you spoke about this a little bit, but you know, for me, I've really been thinking a lot about the pandemic and how it's been sort of a case study of sorts, um, because so many of us have been working from home for an extended period of time. and. 
for many employees, this really sort of changed their expectations and really their wishes of how we want to and like to work. So do you agree with that? And, 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 and how do you think that issue sort of feeds into how we're thinking about the future of work, maybe now differently than we would have prior to the pandemic? You're totally right about this. I think, um, you know, there is an assumption that the pandemic will at some point, you know, um, allow us to go back to what used to be normal. Uh, as we're thinking about the future of work, one thing to recognize is I don't think there is a going back. I think it's just a an understanding that all of us as people and all of us as um, employers and employees have really changed in the course of the last two years. And what's important to note is as employers, if organizations don't pay attention to the fact that the needs of employees have changed, um, and if they're going to take the one-size-fits-all type of approach to either tracking, or as I'll be talking about next, you know, with the implementation of VR, like forcing everybody to wear VR headsets um, and be in that virtual reality world all the time, or, you know, using AI to basically analyze everything that all of us might at work, that's not going to allow us to feel motivated in our organizations. That's not going to allow us to feel like we want to be in our organizations. You've probably heard about the great resignation trend that's going on. And um, it is it is occurring because both employees are aware of the fact that now there are options. There are things that they want to do with their lives. There's a lot of flexibility that, as I was saying before, technology is allowing them to experience in their work. Um, and you know, when employers are not as flexible or not allowing them to experience that flexibility in the way that they would want to experience, employ employees are just like, you know, calling it quits and, you know, figuring out other things to do because now there are many other options that are open to employees. So I think the key for leaders in organizations would be to understand that um, a one-size-fits-all approach is not going to work. Um, they will have to pay a lot more attention to employees' uh, needs and preferences. Do people want to work at certain, um, you know, locations? Do people want to work from home? Do people want to work, you know, during certain hours? Um, and this is this is you know stuff that I'm um, working on on some other research on how technology spills over across work and non-work boundaries for people and what are the implications of those as well. Um, and if organizations don't pay attention to how technology spills over, if they don't create norms and start um, uh, embodying some of the practices and allowing their employees to see that they also um, are recognizing the needs and preferences of employees, it's just going to be really hard to keep a motivated um, workforce. And if we don't have that um, that's obviously going to affect our bottom line as as organizations. Yeah, absolutely. So, and finally, what is what is your really your big takeaway, and and how should we think about the future of work? You know, as you know, as you're saying, we have uh, listeners that are sitting in the employer seat, and there are listeners that are sitting in the employee seat. So, you know, what's the big takeaway for us as we sit in these two different seats? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Um, one thing to, you know, really think about and, um, you know, I didn't have a chance to really delve into some of the results of um, some other research that I have on VR and AI, but the common big takeaway from the research on behavior tracking that I mentioned and the one on um, VR and AI is the understanding that these technologies are here in the workplace. So we have to start thinking about how to use these technologies to make them um, you know, employee friendly, how to make these technologies, um, you know, create spaces where employees can engage with each other in a psychologically safe manner. Um, some of the work that I've done on VR uh, highlights that VR can actually be a um, psychologically safe space uh, where it allows people to have some, um, you know, psychological distance without feeling distant from their um, from their people. Um, and when people are put in uncomfortable situations, you know, things like interviews or bias training, so sensitivity training and so forth, um, those uncomfortable interpersonal situations, these technologies can actually make those experiences more psychologically safe for people. Um, some of my research on AI um, in the context of social support, in fact, um, really highlights that um, AI can be used to create positive impact. In fact, there's a lot of work, um, you know, telling people how AI will impact the workforce of the future, how automation will really um, change the way we work. And that is extremely important work. And um, my research really focuses on the other angle and um, talks about how can we leverage AI for good? Um, and one thing that I'm finding in some of that work is AI social support is actually more effective in making us feel better than human social support for some negative aversive social situations. Um, it leads to lower feelings of stress and anxiety. Um, it actually makes us feel better when we talk to um, an AI uh, agent uh, through an app, for example. And the reason is when you talk to a human um, you know, a friend, a coworker, et cetera, there's always this possible thought in the back of our minds that this person could be, you know, perceiving us negatively. Is this going to lead to, you know, this person thinking that I'm at fault for this thing or, you know, really wondering about how is that person viewing me? Uh, but we don't have those concerns about AI. And because of that, it actually leads to better well-being outcomes for people. But despite that, just by virtue of how we think about human support and AI support, we automatically think that AI support is less effective than human support. And that's, this is because we believe that machines can, you know, display empathy and so forth. So I'd say like a really big takeaway across all of um, this work on novel technologies and how people interact with technologies is we need to focus on how technologies affect our psychological and social needs. And we need to understand how we can leverage these technologies in our workplaces to um, really motivate employees, to support employees, to allow employees to feel psychologically safe, rather than taking the approach that everything's about productivity and everything's about, you know, monitoring and getting people to do more and getting people to, you know, um, like be in all the meetings, to have the cameras on all the time. It's, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, and it's important to integrate these technologies in a thoughtful and meaningful way, um, keeping in mind the psychological implications of these technologies. Great. Anything else that you'd like to share? I don't want to, you know, cut it short or anything. 
Um, I, I do think that, um, you know, as we're talking about all of these different technological trends, um, organizations are very quick to invest the dollar to get into whatever is the next new, um, you know, technological trend. And in the process, what gets lost is the concern about the people. Um, how would the people respond to these technologies? How would our people, um, you know, interact with these technologies? What are the psychological implications of these technologies in our workplace? Is it going to be good for our people? How should we think about um, integrating these technologies so that people don't feel like they were an afterthought? Um, and I think uh, for everybody that's sitting in the chair of employers and are wondering about these questions, um, just even making the effort to stop and be thoughtful about how integrating novel technologies would influence your employees would be the first step to start thinking about um, using these technologies and leveraging them for good. So being more mindful before we invest the dollar and being very thoughtful about how to roll out these technologies, that's where the um, success um, of getting people on board and getting people's buy-in is going to come. And only when you get your people's buy-in are you going to see the positive impact of many of these new technologies. Great. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Roshni. I really I appreciate you sharing um, all of this research. I'm sure that many of our listeners will be interested in learning more about what we see for the future. You know, again, as employers and employees, we wear both hats often. So thank you for sharing your this research with UVA's alumni, friends, and families. Thank you very much, Susan, for having me. And um, I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I would be happy to engage with um, our alums um, who are more interested in some of these topics, who would like to get access to some of this research um, or if they would wanna speak with me about um, you know, questions that they may have in their own organization. So um, thanks for the opportunity and uh, looking forward to connecting with our alums. Great, wonderful. Thank you so much, Rashni. Thanks, Susan. And thank you for listening for upcoming podcasts and other lifetime learning programming, recordings, and blogs. Please visit our website at engagement.virginia.edu backslash learn. You can also find our podcasts and other recordings on Spotify. Search for the UVA Lifetime Learning Channel. So thanks again, and we look forward to you taking part in future lifetime learning programs. Thank you.